welcome to the Grain by Terrain podcast for Grain Week 27, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northy from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined, as always, by Milt Poirier of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Thanks for joining us again today, Milt. Hi, Greg. Good to be with you. So we have Week 27 report came out. Um, what did you see in the report? Maybe just give uh, the listeners also an idea of what week uh, this report was for, just because we're going to get into a little bit later around the timing of these reports and what it means going forward. Right. So uh, week 27 covered uh, the, t- the very tail end of, of January and uh, through the first week of February. So we're going to talk a little bit later in the podcast about the effect of weather and the severe weather that we've seen in the West. So people should bear in mind that the performance that we're seeing in week 27, probably not significantly affected by the cold uh, that we have had recently. It started right at the end of that week. So surely some impact, but I'm not sure that it's been significant or was significant for week 27. So at a high level, uh, week 27, unfortunately, we saw uh, a bit of a step back from CN. Uh, from the prior week. And we kind of saw it across all the key indicators that we watched to to gauge uh, how well the railway is performing. So their order fulfillment performance, you know, peeled back quite a bit. They were in the low 80s in week 26 and came back to 63% in week uh, 27. Uh, They were back to a situation where there was a heavy carryover of unfilled orders going forward into week 28, more than 1,400 for CM. And we again saw a significant decline in uh, car spotting capacity. And week 27, actually, at just less than 3,500 cars was uh, the second worst car spotting week that CN has had so far in this grain year. So that's that's saying something. CP, um, wouldn't say they stepped back, but they didn't go forward either. Um, Steady, I guess, would be the word for the third straight week. Uh, Their order fulfillment stays into the low 70s, which is kind of where they've been hovering for a while. Um, Of concern, I guess, even though they did make some positive steps, is their carryover is still quite high at more than 1,000 cars. They did improve because it was 1,500 the week before that, but still of concern. And their car spotting capability, while, you know, in absolute terms, they're still spotting more cars than CN, it's very uneven from week to week, which which is difficult. Um, to deliver sustainable service when you've got that kind of week-to-week volatility in your in your asset supply. From a provincial level, you know, really nothing remarkable. Um, CN, much like they were at a system level, were pretty consistently poor, doesn't matter what province you looked at. And CP, a little more uneven from province to province, but generally speaking, I would say they, they looked a lot like they did at a system level in that low 70% order fulfillment range. Okay, thanks, Milton. Certainly, the the inconsistency, as you described it, uh, you know, I think the first few weeks of January, we saw a little bit of a, a steadiness, some consistency to some extent. Obviously, with CP, the order fulfillment levels and the car spotting were, were up and down, but we were getting to a point where we're, we were happy to see that consistency because ultimately, if there's so much volatility, it's really hard to manage for, uh, shippers with for their pipeline. In the short term, just looking at at week twenty seven. Uh, how do you how do you see this sort of going forward in the next uh, few weeks? 
Well, I, I think uh, realistically, the short-term outlook is probably not very good. Um, you know, as we've talked over the weeks on this podcast, we've always spoken directly about or around the issue of, you know, sustainability and durability of performance and, and frankly, how fragile performance has been uh, for CN in particular, but also in some cases for CP on a week-to-week basis. This ongoing inability to deliver consistent service week in and week out has plagued the system all year, um, and that's not a good place to be in given what the railway network is facing right now. So while we've had this concern about, you know, the durability of the of the railways and of the rail network, what we were really concerned about, given, you know, the mild winter that we've had so far is how would the system react when it saw its first big shock? Well, here we are. We've now had it. Um, and so far, uh, based on what we can see in the data, uh, you know, it's not good. Um, but really, going forward, uh, we can't dwell on on what's happened. But it, you know, how are they going to recover? How are things going to get better in the coming weeks? Um, unfortunately, in the short term, in the very short term, it looks like you know the performance we saw in week 27 is you know likely a preview of of what we're going to see for the remainder of the month of February. Yeah, and it's really important as well to remember the ATC reports are, are the aggregate numbers, you know, for the sector, especially around order fulfillment. And so when we do talk about consistency, you know, within those numbers, you're going to see uh, week to week shippers experiencing very different numbers. They can go higher or much lower. And so uh, the consistency you'd like to see as much as possible in, in these aggregate reports, but ultimately there's shippers underneath those numbers who are potentially experiencing uh, very different performance uh, than what you see in the aggregate. And just to pick up on on the point about timing and, and what to expect. So uh, like we said, week 27 was about 10 days ago. Uh, you're starting to see a little bit of the information uh, come in for, for this, uh, this current week that we're in right now. Um, so w- what are you seeing right now, both in the data you're getting and as well, we have the, the daily reports and there's some interesting, interesting things showing up in those as well. Indeed, uh, as you say, week 27, when we think about where we are on the calendar, really was, you know, ended 10 days ago, and we reported on it last week. This week, we're going to report on week 28, but we're actually physically in real time in week 29, which just started uh, on Sunday. So we watch the numbers on a daily basis. We understand, uh, you know, on a post-performance measurement basis, what happened in the prior week and two weeks prior. Uh, But we also know what's going on in real time. And when we look at what went on last week in week 28 and how this week is starting out, there's some things that are fairly evident that are probably giving us some good clues as to where performance is headed here in the next couple of weeks. For one, the network has slowed down significantly uh, over the last 10 days, which coincides very much with the, you know, the settling in of the very cold weather in the West. One of the ways that we see this is idle car counts, um, or as we call them, cars dwelling under load for more than you know 48 hours or so, uh, went up quite a bit, like very high, the highest levels that we've seen uh, since the slowdown we saw at Christmas and at New Year's. Uh, to give you an example, even this morning, um, we know that 50% of all loaded cars on the rail system in Canada have not moved for two or more days. That's that is not insignificant. 
Both West Coast ports have seen poor performance over the last week. Coming days do not look much better. And that is driven by the fact that all of these cars are dwelling under load. A lot of them are dwelling at origin stations in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and cars are just not getting to the ports to be unloaded. CN, we know, has returned to rationing. Um, uh, shippers are telling us that there's rationing in week 28, maybe in week 29, uh, including some orders that were already accepted for service, but that CN has now decided to cancel. We also know that confirmed demand levels for week 29 are down quite a bit for both railways. Um, less so for CP, but often for CN, our experience tells us that this is kind of a forward signal of rationing to come. Having said that, the weather is improving significantly this week, right across the west. It's working its way from west to east. Uh, it's already milder in Alberta and should be over Saskatchewan and Manitoba any day now. Yeah, thanks, Milton. So, so we seem to be on uh, on the, an interesting moment. It's similar to last year, where you know weather hit, and then there was derailments that we saw at the end of end of January into February that really shocked the system and and, and created a, a problem for recovery. Uh, would you say that's uh, you know going forward that's also a big concern here, where we're we're just one you know serious problem away from uh, from a really continued decline in service? Yeah, I think that's a fair concern. I mean. We're, we're a bit away from a recovery in service, probably two to three weeks in an optimistic scenario. But the real concern, I think, at this stage should be that there's another significant shock that uh, hits the system in the near term. Whether that's a major derailment on CN or CP's main line going you know, to Prince Rupert or to Vancouver or to Eastern Canada, or it's another weather event, you know, we get another uh, period of extreme cold, whether it be in the West or in the East, um, neither of those things would be good. And because the system is as fragile as it is, that kind of a shock uh, could realistically extend recovery for a very long time. And we might just be looking at poor service right into the spring. Yeah. And potentially uh, we're facing another strike at the Port of Montreal in, in March that uh, obviously is a little ways away, but something like that, that could, that could potentially disrupt the system, especially on the containerized side where we're already uh, showing a lot of problems with, uh, with getting a service in that area. Well, thanks a lot, Milt. Appreciate your time. And hopefully uh, we'll see some quick recovery in the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. As thanks, always, Greg. thanks again for listening uh, to the podcast. You can view the reports at www.agtransportcoalition.com. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye.